when there's perfectionism or maybe when we make a mistake and that very critical part wants to show up and really give us crap for making a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, parts can show up in a lot of different ways. So for some people, it, it is more like an inner voice or maybe an inner monologue, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And for others, it might show up in the body. So, you know, in my system, I know that when my parts are really activated or really triggered in some kind of way, and especially when I've got manager parts, which I would consider critical parts managers, Mm -hmm. I'll feel that in my neck, right? Like I'll Mm -hmm. hold all of this tightness and tension in my neck and shoulders. And so when I tune in and sort of listen to, and be in a curious way, right? Cause like, mm-hmm. I think our initial reaction is, oh, I don't like that. Go yep. away. Right. <laughs> like get rid of it. Shut up. Um, right? Shut up. Like, you know, <laughs> but when I tune in and say, oh, like that tension is there, let mm-hmm. me like tune in and sort of listen to see what that's all about and be curious about it. That's when we start to shift our relationship with our parts and we can get to the bottom of the ways that they're trying to actually keep us safe. Hi, I'm Biz Kush, a life coach and therapist and your host here on the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. We're talking to women all over the world who found their way back to themselves, to their inner knowing, to their intuition, to their wisest self. We're exploring how to feel alive, authentic, engaged, and fully present in your life. Let's awaken your wise woman. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Cush, and this is the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast, formerly the Woman Warriors podcast, but we have relaunched with a new logo, new feeling, new purpose. So I'm excited to have you here. Thank you for joining us. I'm excited about this new season of the podcast and super excited about my guests today. I hope you all have had a wonderful summer. I hope that your lives are feeling more back to normal after what a crazy year it's been. So today, my guest is Michelle Richardson. She is a licensed clinical social worker that owns a group therapy practice in New Jersey called the Mindful Soul Center for Wellbeing that offers specialized counseling services to women. Let me just say, I love that she's a woman-owned business who hires women to help other women. Love that. Love supporting women, love empowering other women. As a trauma specialist, Michelle works with women suffering from PTSD, complex childhood trauma, dissociative disorders, anxiety, and other types of emotional conditions. Michelle is an EMDR certified therapist and an EMDRIA approved consultant. She has also completed intensive training in internal family systems, IFS, which is what we're going to talk about today a therapeutic model that is rooted in the presence of self-energy, which is essentially our own internal organic system of wisdom and healing. We're going to explore all the parts of IFS, but we will be focusing today on our inner critic and how to build a different relationship with it. Because I think for so many women, that inner critical voice can leave us feeling bewildered, 
undermined, demeaned, bad about ourselves, shamed, guilty. And as we will learn from talking to Michelle, and if you've listened to other podcast episodes with me, that critical part of us has good intentions. It is rooted in good intentions. And maybe it's gotten knocked off track along the way in terms of how it's delivering those good intentions. So we are going to explore that today with Michelle. And she is such a lovely person. I had had the same conversation, although it was a completely different conversation, but had had her on the podcast and recorded a wonderful episode and forgot to record it. Actually, we had the conversation and then I realized afterwards that I never hit record. So I'm excited that she was willing to come back twice because she, she's been on the podcast before, but come back and redo this most important episode about our inner critic and IFS and all of our parts. Let's get started. Hi, Michelle, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you back again and here with us on the relaunch of the Woman Warriors podcast now called Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. So welcome back. Thanks so much. So excited to be here. Yeah, I am so, so grateful that you were (laughs) so willing to redo. So Michelle and I the listeners. We had recorded a wonderful episode about our inner critic and finding compassion for that part of us. And I forgot to hit the record button. So I'm very, very grateful that you came back and we can have this conversation again, because it's so important. It is. And talk about a a great opportunity to practice that compassion, right? Just having that That moment of like, oh no, I forgot to record. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Cause I, I remember talking to my husband about it and I was just like, oh my, I can't, and now I have to email her and tell her. And you know, you were so gracious and I tried to be kind to myself around that because it's, you know, we're human, right? Yeah, definitely (laughs) a human moment. (laughs) <laughs> so for, for listeners who may not know who you are, Michelle, could you tell us a little bit about you, the work you do, and what got you started? Sure. So I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I own a women-focused counseling center here in Southern New Jersey called Mindful Soul Center for Wellbeing. You know, I've been in the field for probably 20 years, and fell more specifically into working in women's mental health after having my first baby and becoming a mother. And it just sort of took me down this path of really wanting to build a place and create a space where we could normalize women seeking help for things, Mm. doing depth work, exploring themselves in different levels through different parts of their lives. And More recently, I would say it's sort of been a mission of mine as my practice has grown and I've stepped into more of a, you know, supervisory role and and almost like a teaching role. It's really been kind of more of a mission to, to teach newer, younger therapists the modalities that I use like IFS, internal family systems therapy, as well as EMDR therapy. Wow. Such a great opportunity, but also so nice to be able to support 
the upcoming therapists in the world with such great modalities as well. Like, cause I feel as if, even though, you know, IFS isn't new, it's relatively new to the therapy world. Yeah. I think it's really gaining a lot of traction. Certainly I'm seeing a lot more interest in it. And I know for myself and my practice and really my my personal life, it's just been such a game changer. So I love that people are just really wanting to know more about it and are seeking it out more in mm-hmm. therapy as a modality that they they really want to give a try. Yeah. Yeah. So we recently had, I don't know if you're familiar with Michelle Glass. She has like a daily parts meditation book and a course that she teaches you know, which is IFS centered, but other listeners may have not heard that episode. So maybe giving a, as brief as it feels as you're able to just kind of give an overview of what IFS internal family systems therapy is. Sure. And and I have to tell you that Michelle reached out to me after I guess she recorded with you. And mm-hmm. I had this huge fangirl moment because she's just amazing. She <laughs> so is. I and I had to tell her that she was like, Well, you know, I did this podcast and um, you know, I guess she had listened to my my other interview with you. And I I just had this part that was like totally <laughs> fangirling out, like because she's just amazing. So she really is. <laughs> she really, she is. really is. So, well, it's interesting because she had reached out to me because I guess the link I had to her book from our previous conversation was no longer an effective link. Like it went oh. to a broken page and she was yeah. like, I just wanted you to know. And I'm like, oh my God, you're listening to my podcast and you're looking <laughs> at my show notes. That's amazing. Woo! But anyway, so I, yeah, at that point I was like, how would you like to be on the podcast? And she was gracious enough. To oh, she's yes. so great. Yeah. yeah Good. Yeah. yeah. yeah so good. yeah, so I'll, I'll just give a brief like overview of the model. So, so IFS or internal family systems therapy, is a psychotherapy model that was created by Dr. Richard Schwartz. And it's it's been around probably since the 80s when he first started writing about it. But really, I would say in the last decade, it seems to have picked up a lot more traction in the field and also has now been regarded as an evidence-based practice, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And and I'll just go through a couple of the key parts <laughs> parts um, <laughs> of working within an IFS framework, and and the first one is parts, right? So there's this right. idea of parts, and that we're all made up of these different parts, or you might think of them as sub personalities. I think that if you've ever seen the Disney movie or the Pixar movie Inside Out. That's a great image of there being, you know, the main character has these little parts in her system. She sort of has this control center and she's got anger and fear and disgust and joy and sadness. And so in reality, our systems are more complex than that, but that sort of gives you a visual of this concept of parts. And in IFS, basically, you know, we're we're getting to know what our parts are all about, the different jobs that they have. Parts typically get pushed into different roles as things happen in our lives. So perhaps through some type of injury or wounding or a traumatic experience, 
some parts will carry the burden of the, the, the pain that came from those experiences and other parts will take on certain protective qualities in order to keep us safe moving forward. I think what's really important to understand about parts, and there's so much that goes into this, but is that all parts have a positive intention. So there's no good parts or bad parts. It's really just getting curious about what that part's intention is. So for example, we have manager parts who are usually the parts in our system that are trying to, you know, prevent bad things from happening to us by being in control, by taking care of certain things. So for example, I have a perfectionistic part that really tries to get things perfectly that, um, you know, I'll review and edit an email a couple times before I send it out, right? That's an example of how a part might be running the show sometimes and some of the behaviors I might have when that part is blended with me. Mm -hmm. And then the other really important piece to IFS is this concept of the self, and that's with a capital S. And the self is really like the essence of who we are, the core self, the natural leader of our system. And everyone has self and it may have different names for different people, but you know, that's, that's the name that we use in IFS therapy. It's the name that I typically use. And the self has some really important qualities. And those qualities are calm, curiosity, compassion, confidence, courage, clarity. I'm sure you're getting that there's a C theme here, right? (laughs) (laughs) Connection and creativity. And so the, the goal of IFS is really to try to achieve some balance and harmony in our internal system or in, in our internal family with self energy and self leadership improving the way our parts kind of get along with each other and communicate with each other. And then also helping parts that are carrying, you know, painful burdens, helping those parts release those burdens so that they can really move into less extreme, more preferred roles in the system. So an example might be my little perfectionist part that that checks my emails and wants to make sure I'm doing things the right way you know, helping that part maybe find another role in my system, like maybe the part that goes to the beach and relaxes, right? Like just Mm -hmm. finding different ways that the parts can function in our system. Yeah. Yeah. And I think working with clients, I often will hear them say like, well, a part of me for instance, let's say they're looking for a new job. A part of me really wants this job, but then there's this other part that's terrified to leave the job that I have, because I don't know what this new situation will be like. So I think oftentimes the idea of parts is already there for Mm -hmm. people, but giving this more fleshed out sort of concrete, like this is normal for everybody. I think when I talked to my sister about parts work, she was like, I kind of think of it as like voices, you know, that there's these different voices (laughs) that I hear. And I'm like, totally like it's, that makes sense. Right. You know, especially because some of our parts are very verbal and vocal, especially as you were saying, like when there's perfectionism or maybe when we make a mistake and that very critical part wants to show up and really give us crap for making a mistake. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you know, parts can show up in a lot of different ways. So for some people, it, it is more like an inner voice or maybe an inner monologue. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And for others, it might show up in the body. So, you know, in my system, I know that when my parts are really activated or really triggered in some kind of way, and especially when I've got manager parts, which I would consider critical parts managers, Mm -hmm. I'll feel that in my neck, right? Like I'll Mm -hmm. hold all of this tightness and tension in my neck and shoulders. And so when I tune in and sort of listen to, and be in a curious way, right? Cause like, mm-hmm. I think our initial reaction is, oh, I don't like that. Go yep. away. Right. <laughs> like get rid of it. Shut up. Um, right? Shut up. Like, you know, <laughs> but when I yeah. tune in and say, oh, like that tension is there, let mm-hmm. me like tune in and sort of listen to see what that's all about and be curious about it. That's when we start to shift our relationship with our parts and we can get to the bottom of the ways that they're trying to actually keep us safe. Even if, even if sometimes it doesn't seem like that, often our parts, even critic parts are actually trying to keep us safe in some kind of a way. Yeah. And I'd like to explore that a little bit more because I feel like particularly for women, we often have a very active critical and sometimes hypercritical part of us that's trying to sort of manage how we look or how we show up at work or how we parent, whatever it might be. And it can be hard to understand what those good intentions are when maybe I'm telling myself, oh, I've gained weight. What is wrong with me? Why can't I stay on this diet? Or why can't I, yeah, work out harder or whatever it might be? Yeah. I, you know, I think that what I had just said about, you know, how we are reactive to those parts Mm -hmm. is really crucial here because, you know, there's so much out there about battling the inner critic. Mm -hmm. And I think, that a lot of us have spent a lot of time, especially as women, sort of trying to make, you know, I got to make that inner critic's voice smaller and I shouldn't listen to the inner critic. And we're always trying to boot that critic out. But what tends to happen is we're either constantly overriding it and sort of in a battle with it, or we're constantly trying to keep up with it. Right. So I'm either trying to be the perfect mother. I'm trying to look the best. I'm trying to be the best business person. I'm trying, right. Like I'm either trying to keep up with that inner critic so that it doesn't have as much to criticize me about, or I'm always like, okay, I can't pay attention. Don't listen to the inner critic. It's like this, this conflict, which is a lot of times what brings people to my office Mm. is this conflict that's happening because they have this critical voice. And so what's happening is that that critical part is really blended with us when it gets super loud and and it kind of beats us down and we can't separate from it. We would call that blending. Mm -hmm. And in IFS, what we really try to do is help parts give us a little bit of space. And instead of giving it the boot, which I think is what what we normally do, instead of giving it the boot, you know, we're asking it to give us a little bit of space so we can get to know it. So we can find out what that positive intention is. And it's only once that part and us, right? Once, once I 
kind of welcome that part instead of trying to kick it out. And I engage with it and I get curious about it. And I, it's almost like a softening has to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would say that that's sort of a sign of there being some self energy. Mm -hmm. That's when I'm in the space where I can really start to explore what this part's positive intention is. And it can be a lot of different things. You know, for example, if somebody was raised by a really critical parent, they might have sort of internalized an inner critic that that part is kind of like, well, if I criticize you, you're just going to work really hard to do everything right so that mom or dad or whoever can't criticize you, you know, and that might be the positive intention. Or if you've experienced a situation that was really shameful or humiliating, an inner critic might, you know, get pushed, a, a part might get pushed into that critic role to prevent that from happening again. And mm-hmm. so there might be a lot of like, well, if you just do this and if you do that right, and if you don't let that happen again, everything will be fine. And so that part works really, really hard to make you be what they, what that part thinks you need to be in order for those bad things to not happen. Yeah. So really very protective, even in its critical ways, like trying to keep you safe from whatever the potential danger it sees in you being human. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I also think as, as women that, you know, this is something we also can pass down, right? So Mm -hmm. if Mm -hmm. I had a critical parent, that parent probably had a pretty big inner critic as well, you know? And so there is, I think, something to the idea of like, we're, we're really trying to work with an IFS that would be called like a legacy burden, right? We're trying Mm -hmm. to break some of this generational trauma that's showing up maybe in our, in, in our system, but it's been passed down, you know, from other, other places before us. Absolutely. And that, that is such a powerful, I don't even know what to say, powerful statement, or just thinking about what we carry with us that maybe isn't ours, but that has been passed down. I think about, you know, just like sexual trauma and how do I keep myself safe? And what does that mean in the world to, you know, if I'm showing up in a way that suddenly gets me negative attention, you know, what's that triggering? Like, I just feel like for so many women, that legacy burden is, it can be really big. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I find that in my own system, even just, you know, raising my three children and and having, Mm. I am aware of critical parts in my system around things like eating and weight and, you know, just these kind of, right. And, and then being really, instead of letting that critic kind of get passed on to my daughters, you know, Mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm changing some of that in how I parent, but the other really important piece is that if I can actually befriend those voices or those parts, I can offer them some healing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's yeah. more than just a behavioral change. This is something that's sort of like deep into my heart, into my soul. When yes. I can soften enough to be with that critic, to really witness where that's coming from, whether it was mine or it came before me, I think that that just 
offers the whole system a chance for healing and for more harmony. And so that's one of the beautiful things about this type of therapy is just the the level of healing that it can offer in working with sometimes just starting with these with these protector parts like inner critics. Yeah. Well, and I I think you know because I'm so passionate about compassion and self-compassion practices especially for women but for all of us that that to me is where the door to opening to more compassion for for those critical parts, right? They've been working yeah. so hard to keep us safe, to not, you know, help us not get hurt. You know, if we just do it in these particular ways, we're going to show up in this perfect, you know, as this perfect human and never get hurt. Yeah. But we are human and we don't always do it right. And to have one compassion for how hard our inner critical parts work to keep us safe, but also compassion for our humanness and that we will make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And not to say that it's okay that we hurt if maybe we hurt somebody else or that we, but that we can alleviate some of our own suffering around it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember one of my IFS trainers saying something along the lines of like, inner critics have the toughest job in the whole mm. system. They work tirelessly and nobody likes them. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> that's so true. I mean, wh whoever says like, oh, I love my inner critic. Like she and I are besties. <laughs> like, you know, nobody ever says that. And that, that really was probably the start for me of shifting my relationship with some of my critical parts. Like, mm. oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and it, you can almost get some imagery there too of like, what does that part look like? Mm -hmm. You know, they do, they are relentless, right? Yeah. And if you sort of like step back and just like watch that part doing what it does, you're like, oh, this part is so, so worried about something terrible happening. If you just aren't perfect. Mm-hmm you know, you, you start to soften that compassion starts to come in a little bit when you realize this critic is working so hard. Like this critic's never even had a coffee break. You right. Know? right. Like, doesn't take a break. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I did have just to sort of illustrate this. I had this really interesting experience with a part in my system that when I first started to experience it, it felt like criticism and shame. Mm. And the person guiding me had me sort of get in touch with what, where I felt that in my body and, and asked me if there was an image that went along with it. And in, in this particular case, the image was like, it was like something out of the movie alien. Like it was like this mm. slimy, nasty monster, like just like totally right. like, Oh, and I yeah. wanted nothing to, I was, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go near that part. That part is just, just wants to make me feel horrible about myself. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of hung in there. The person guiding me was wonderful. And I was, I was able to, to hang in there and finally kind of brought in some curiosity about it. And it started to release all of these experiences of feeling not good enough, you know, mm. feeling not worthy enough. 
And as I was able to sort of sit with that, this image in my, in my mind started shifting. It was almost like this like monster suit kind of came off. And mm-hmm. the next thing I knew, I was in touch with this really young child part you know, and it was this young and vulnerable part that was just really hurt, you know, Mm -hmm. hurt in different life experiences. And so it built up this exterior of, I'm going to shame you into just being so indestructible because you're just going to work so hard at fixing all these things about yourself that it shifted everything in that relationship that I had going on inside with that part, you know, Mm. to sort of see like, oh, it's not this mean monster. It's actually like this really vulnerable part of me that has gone through a lot of, you know, situations that didn't feel good. Yeah. And now that there's more self-energy, you know, I can, I can help that part, you know, I can Mm. help that part take in, the information that she doesn't have to be perfect. Right. Cause that's something mm-hmm. that I think, you know, now it's like, okay, I'm an adult and I know that. And I know it on a, on a cognitive level. I know it on an intellectual level, but that's different than sort of embodying that. Yes. And so as soon as that relationship started to open up for me inside, that's when it really was more of like a full embodiment of you know, I don't, I don't have to beat myself up. Like it's okay to be as I am. Mm -hmm. And I think that that for me, that was a really, that was like the pivotal moment in not only like falling in love with IFS, but also in really feeling how that could change what was happening internally for me. And I've seen it with so many of my clients as they start to get to know these parts. And sometimes we just have to start with curiosity. The compassion comes later. Yeah. But that's the door, right? That's the doorway to the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just sort of that openness of exploration and, you know, being curious about, yeah, what will I find here? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I have a critical part that shows up that anytime because I'm supposedly not supposedly because I, you know, I work with women who have, who struggle with anxiety primarily and working to build my coaching business of helping women with that as well. That when I get anxious, there's a part of me that shows up and says, (laughs) wait a minute, how can you be anxious? Let's shut this thing down. Cause you're the expert. You're not right. supposed to. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, okay, but I am. And I'm I'm struggling with something that I'm not aware of right now. So let me just feel these feelings. But yeah, oof, that's a part that I have to continue to work with because it doesn't, in those moments, you know, making me feel bad about the anxiety isn't helping me manage the anxiety. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And so I think that that's the opportunity to, because, you know, again, I think our tendency is we either keep up, you know, we keep up to make the critic happy or we override it, Mm -hmm. you know? And so what you can do a little differently is just inviting that part to just step back a little, Mm. you know, it doesn't have to go away, but if it can just give some space Mm -hmm. and then you know, spending some time with it, 
you know, or, or if it is willing to step back thanking it. Yeah. Like, wow. Thanks. That was really, it's really hard for an inner critic to step back. Oh, right. Yes, so hard. Yes, yes. They want to micromanage everything. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to ask it like, Hey, I know you just, you know, I really, I know you really want me to be, you know, this, whatever this person is that you want me to be. And you're really worried that if I, you know, in your, in your situation, Biz, like if I feel anxious, then that means I'm not that, that thing right. that you want me Here to I'm be. Here I'm this imposter. Right? That's it's right. right. So it's like, just step back and just, if it's possible to just give me some space and I can take care of the anxious one, right? Cause that's another part, right? right. Let me go take right. care of the anxious one and it'll be okay. And sometimes as we build the relationships with the critic, the critic is more open to stepping back. And then when we're able to, to do the healing, you know, of the parts that that critic protects, that really invites that critic to consider other, other jobs that it might have besides being the critic, the overworked critic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I would imagine it might be a little relieved that it doesn't have to work so hard. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know, as you said, that like there can be sort of legacy or intergenerational trauma that gets passed down that can impact all of our parts. But that trauma too has a big impact on how our own personal trauma on sort of the reactivity or the extremeness of some of our parts. And so what I love about this method is that we're not like labeling clients in a way that feels destructive to them. Like, Mm. oh, you are bipolar disorder or you are anxious. It's like, I have an anxious part. I have parts of me that maybe are reacting in very extreme ways that then I show up in the world and people don't know how to manage me and all of my emotional stuff. Yeah. It's so respectful and gentle and non-pathologizing and, Mm -hmm. you know, it does invite curiosity. You know, IFS has like the motto basically that all parts are welcome. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important, especially in, you know, in coaching and therapy, you know, that, that we are welcoming all parts of the clients that we work with. Mm -hmm. And also welcoming our own, our own parts instead of, yeah, like labeling or, oh, this is, you know, this is you being clingy or erratic or that, you know, all these kind of needy or like, you're so high, you're so high, (laughs) strong, right? Like this is like, you know, that's not, that's not helpful. I, I think another great piece of IFS is this idea of speaking for our parts instead of from our parts. Um, so, you know, I have an anxious part or Mm -hmm. there's a part of me that's feeling anxious about that versus I'm freaking out, (laughs) (laughs) you know, yeah. or, you know, sometimes when I am working with someone that's working with a critical part, they might come in and tell me, you know, I'm, I'm just worthless. I'm just, Mm. I'm just, you know, a piece of crap, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And so we'll work a little bit on just that language. Like actually, like what I'm noticing is it sounds like there's a part that's really criticizing you right now. I wonder if we could get curious about that. 
you know, and it sort of shifts a little bit. It kind of invites that part to unblend a little bit. So instead of like, I'm worthless, it's like, oh, my, my critic part is here. And my critic part, you know, this part really kind of wants to beat me up right now and we can go, okay, well, let's, hmm, I wonder Mm -hmm. why, what is that Mm -hmm. part afraid will happen if it doesn't beat you up? Right. You know, what a great question. What what might happen if it doesn't beat you up? Well, I'm going to be a failure or nobody's going to love me. And like, oh, wow, now I'm getting it. This part Mm. has to beat you up because it's worried if it doesn't, that you won't be loved Wow, or you won't be safe. You know, how much of what the inner critic does is really tied into wanting to make sure you're, you're safe and loved and not abandoned and connected. And again, sometimes parts go at these things a little backwards and we go, well, that doesn't make sense. I don't really understand how this is helping me. (laughs) But when we start to understand like, oh, there actually is like a good intention here. It makes, it helps our, it helps our other parts be less reactive to that. And we we can sort of open up to what that's all about. Right. And then we can be more helpful to those parts. We can, we can help the critic part. We can help that part, take a break, you know, or, or share with us more about the ways it's trying to protect us. Yeah. And I think just what you said, like that, the importance of getting curious around like, well, okay. So what if, if this is all well-intentioned, yeah. What's, what's the worry? What's the fear? What is the, the, the good intention behind what's so, you know, the reactivity, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that opens us up to, you know, in that exploration, we can start making some of those connections between past and present. Like, oh, this situation is actually triggering this part because it remembers that other situation from however Mm -hmm. many years ago, right? And we can start to go, oh, this is why I'm so stirred up in this way. This is why my parts are so activated. And when we start making those past to present connections, that also invites the opportunity to bring in more awareness and to sort of invite in other ways to help our parts feel more safe or supported. Maybe maybe we weren't safe and supported back then, or maybe we didn't have all the skills back then that we do now. You know, a lot Mm -hmm. of times it brings up stuff from childhood and, you know, we forget like, well, you know, that part honestly doesn't, doesn't realize you're an adult now, right? That critic part is like, wait, you're still not that awkward 11 year old or, you know, (laughs) and it's like, no, like, so it kind of helps our systems integrate a little bit more, Mm -hmm. which feels more balanced, right? That can feel more balanced. Mm. So, so it just... Like the idea that that balance is is optimally like it is available to all of us because of the self, right? Like that when we're working to unblend from our parts and show up with more of this self or soul energy or whatever your core, that there is a more balanced way of living and that we can can come back to that. Yeah, I I think that when we are able to build those relationships with our parts, they don't feel like they need to drive the bus as much, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. It's almost Mm -hmm. like we're all in the bus together. Who's driving? (laughs) 
Right. And okay. they're more willing to say, okay, all right, self can drive, right? Mm-hmm. And once self leadership is there, self can heal. Mm-hmm. Self can help find that whatever balance is for that system, whatever the equal equilibrium is, you know, self can that that energy and that presence and that self leadership can certainly help drive the system to where that is, you know, and and at the pace that's right for that system, right. 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 Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, Michelle, as always, I, I love talking to you. It was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I have a part that's worried. I went a little too deep in this, in this conversation, well, but, I, but I, I, I love talking with you about it too. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. It's such powerful work. I, I feel like there is such a deepness to it as I've worked on my parts through not, you know, unfortunately in Maryland, there isn't a parts therapist that's certified that I could work with, but I've been through the, you know, one of the programs I'm getting ready to be trained in IFS level one. And I just, just the awareness of the parts and building relationship through curiosity and creativity and all the other C words has been really great for me to just better heal, to create more lasting healing almost, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just so grateful. One of my clients had a great image when we were doing parts work. And I'm sure that this is not the only person to come up with this image, but Mm -hmm. it's really like the image of like an orchestra, you know, and that, you know, sometimes when you start this work, there's no conductor. <laughs> Everybody's just chiming in whenever they want to. And the music is not so harmonious, right? Um, <laughs> and that as you start to do this, this type of work, all of a sudden we have self, right? Self is that conductor and, and parts are all equally a part of it, but, but in synchrony and you know, creating this beautiful music. And it just, if you can imagine how that even feels, you know, like when I think of that, my nervous system sort of settles Mm -hmm. the idea of like the parts sort of working in harmony instead of, you know, or, or even just sometimes there's little bumps or conflicts that happen with parts and, you know, but when you have self-leadership, when that conductor is there, you can sort of facilitate that differently too. So mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you've found IFS and Me too. that you're, Me too. you know, I'm excited for you and for your training <laughs> and, Me too. and, Me you too. know, hopefully just, you know, you continuing to reach more people through your coaching and through the podcast, these yeah. types of conversations. Oh yeah. Well, and I feel like the thing that's exciting for me about getting trained in IFS is that it's 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 a wonderful therapy modality, but a coaching modality too, yes. right? If we're helping people better understand their parts from whatever position they're coming from, it's a great thing. It really. is. And there's, I mean, in my training, there were some really amazing different body workers that mm-hmm. are also IFS practitioners Yes, that really approach this somatically. There's so many, there's so many doorways in, 
you know? And I think that's what's also really cool about IFS. Like if you're not someone who is really in touch with your body, that's okay. There's still a doorway in. If you're someone who gets really stuck up in your head, that's okay. There's still a doorway in. Like our parts show up in so many different ways. Yeah. It's just such a, it's just such a accessible way of working with, you know, what's going on inside. Yep. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. Huh. So Michelle, if there were people listening that maybe wanted to know more about your work as well as, you know, your group practice and how they would find you, how, how do they, how do they find you? Sure. Our website is mindfulsoulwellbeing.com. And I have, I think around 20 really amazing women that are working here Mm. And many who are IFS trained, several of them are IFS informed and participating in like an IFS learning group that we have going on here at Mindful Soul Nice. and integrating it in lots of different ways. We do a lot of EMDR therapy as well. I do some consultation. Um, I'm an EMDRIA consultant. So I do consultation with therapists, especially that are interested in combining IFS with EMDR. So cool. And those two are like, to me is just a great marriage. So that's definitely, Mm -hmm. you know, something that I, that I really enjoy doing is helping therapists learn how to bring these modalities together um, in a really effective way for their clients. That's awesome. So awesome. Well, again, thanks again for coming back for our second round, really our third round, but we won't count. (laughs) And yeah, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to go into such depth and really, you know, give a sense for this modality and, and how it's shifted things for you in your life. So thank you. Thank you so much. It's, it's awesome being here. (laughs) <laughs> for the third time and <laughs> uh, and and I look forward to listening to more of your conversations. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Well, I'm so grateful Michelle came back on the podcast for the third time. You can hear her first episode where we talk about parts work. I will share that in the show notes. And the second time she, <laughs> she, we, I interviewed her, I forgot to record it. So I'm super grateful that she came back to do this third round. And it was a really powerful episode for me to really dive a little more deeply into how our parts work together, but also how we can, ourselves can build a relationship with all of our parts so that you know, none of us are going to be perfect. We're not going to all be perfectly balanced and reacting in rational, quote unquote, ways every day, but we can learn to work with our parts when they show up and be compassionate towards ourselves when maybe we don't always get it right because we're human. If you're interested in working with me, you can find out more about me at elizabethcushcoaching.com. Or if you live in Maryland and would like to work with me as a, in my therapy role, you can find out more about me there at progressioncounseling.com. You can also follow us on social media at Awaken Your Wise Woman 
on Instagram and Facebook. So I'm grateful that you were here today, that you joined us for this amazing conversation with Michelle. I hope you all have a wonderful week. I hope you can get curious about your inner critical part when it shows up. Ciao for now. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Wise Woman podcast. The information in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Music by Andy Cush, sound editing by Laura Disler, and show notes by Kathy Cush. If you'd like more information about me, Biz Cush, and the resources shared today, go to awakenyourwisewoman.com.